Recently, Vogue magazine featured Harry Styles on its cover. The photo was met with a massive amount of criticism and controversy. Why, you may ask? He was wearing a dress. A well-known conservative figure, Candace Owens, called it an outright attack and pleaded for the return of manly men. So why does anyone care that a man wore a long piece of fabric? The answer is that we have been socialized to care. Everyone has been brainwashed to behave in a way that aligns with their gender and react with disgust if anyone dares step out of line. Beyond this petty example, gender socialization has a deep, harmful effect on society. Hello, and welcome to Bailey's podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about gender socialization. First, what is gender socialization? Gender socialization is the means used to teach and enforce stereotypes on children according to their sex. Since this process differs vastly from one country to another, I will be focusing on gender socialization in the United States. Throughout this podcast, I will explore what gender socialization looks like, its impact on women and men, possible solutions, and give my perspective at the end. Gender is enforced on children before they are even born. The popularity of gender reveal parties show that there is much more to sex than genitalia. For example, two parents celebrate that their child will be born a female. These parents are not rejoicing in their unborn child having a vagina. <laughs> they are elated that she will live within feminine stereotypes. Perhaps the mother is excited to put her in a dress, and the father giggles at the concept of her fumbling around in a ballet recital. After they are born, parents directly and indirectly teach their children to act in accordance with their gender. John F. Peters highlights some direct ways, use of the family car, curfew, and chores. Boys are more likely given permission to use the family car, given later curfews, and have less chores than girls. All of these examples enforce gender norms. Women are fragile, unskilled beings who should stick to housework. Men are strong, smart beings who should work independently from the house. Indirectly, parents impose gender stereotypes by merely existing within them. Children model the behavior of their parents. Research confirms part of gender socialization comes from modeling parents. Parents have the largest impact on their children, but the world around kids also shows them the rules of gender. Susan Brown Miller, an author featured in The Essential Feminist Reader, brings up the lesson of Little Red Riding Hood. She comes to the conclusion that it is a parable for rape, teaching young girls not to stray far from safety and the danger that comes from being too adventurous, leaving them with the hope that possibly a good man will save them. Beyond Little Red Riding Hood, entertainment in general showcases shining examples of people sticking to gender norms. Little boys look up to the strong, muscular, emotionless leaders they see on screen, while little girls aspire to be the thin, sexualized, weak, emotional figures they see on screen. Wanting to be like these characters makes sense. They're glorified. Characters that fall into these categories are usually framed as happy and successful, and characters that don't are weird and flawed. Some movies and shows don't follow these rules, but they are exceptions. Gender socialization is harmful because of its impacts on both men and women, starting with women. Another point by Susan Brown Miller is important. She states that women are trained to be rape victims. This idea is central to understanding the socialization of women. Men are the head of the household. Men control the money. Men are smarter. Men are stronger in every way. Men are leaders. Men are in power. The gender socialization of women ultimately leads them to this conclusion. Women are submissive to men. 
rape, whether men realize it or not, is a tool that keeps this power dynamic in check. According to the NSRVC, one in five American women have been sexually assaulted at some point in their lives. Men expect submission and women are trained to give it, leading to rape. This is why it is so common for women to be assaulted and why, according to the U.S. Department of Justice, 99% of rapists are men. Gender socialization is harmful to women because it trains them to exist in constant submission to men. Next, let's discuss men. Men are socialized to be strong and in charge. This affects men in a multitude of different ways. In my opinion, the biggest impact is on men's mental health. The AFSP reports that men accounted for 69.38% of suicide and the NIMH reports that men are less likely than women to receive mental health treatment. There's a stigma that asking for help shows weakness, and weakness is the opposite of what men are taught to be. Feeling emotion is central to life, and men are expected to act as if they don't experience it. If you have ever had any mental illness, then you know that keeping it a secret is excruciating. Men are literally dying because of the impact of gender socialization. Now that we have established gender socialization as a problem, what are some potential solutions? Jonah Gokova, another author featured in The Essential Feminist Reader, has some helpful suggestions. He suggests that men should come together and discuss our gender problems and that society uplifts men who reject gender stereotypes. Although, the most obvious solution is to raise children without enforcing gender. Parents cannot control how the world socializes their kids, but they do have a larger effect than outside sources. Finally, I'm going to give my perspective. I want to acknowledge that this podcast might seem to exclude transgender people. It doesn't matter if you're cisgender or not, you will be raised with gender stereotypes. If you were born with a penis, then you'll be raised within a male gender role. If you were born with a vagina, then you'll be raised within a female gender role. Beyond that, I have definitely fell victim to gender socialization. My parents are great, but they raised me to be a girl. Also, media had a big effect on me. I like to think that the way I dress and act is a choice, but I know that some of it's not. While writing this, many questions came to mind. The most powerful question being, what would I be like if I wasn't raised according to gender? Meaning my parents and and my environment didn't impose gender stereotypes upon me. I urge anyone listening to ask themselves that question as well. Personally, I would probably be a lot happier. I would have avoided a lot of bad situations and feel freer. In terms of solutions, I'm torn on what exactly is the right path. It's going to take a while for everyone to realize that kids need to be raised differently. Do we just wait for the gradual rejection of gender roles? I don't think we can. The longer we wait, the more people who are harmed. A large education campaign on the impacts of gender socialization could be helpful, but I fear conservative Americans might see it as part of the quote-unquote evil liberal agenda. The best path forward may be to lead by example. Parents who don't socialize their children with gender will probably have happier kids. If other parents see this, hopefully they will want to do the same. Maybe in a decade or two, the sight of Harry Styles in a dress will not cause controversy, providing it's a nice dress, of course.